Thank you for listening to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast, unpacking stories from the persecuted church that will challenge everything you know about faith, Jesus, and the church. Open Doors Live is hosted by Mike Gore and Jocelyn Gotto, and I'm your producer, Beth Westwood. In today's episode, Mike and Joss explore the newly released World Watch List 2022, and they share stories from the most dangerous countries to follow Jesus, including the number one most dangerous place on the planet to be a Christian. This episode has so much to teach us, especially if you're starting out the new year feeling a little bit down, maybe a little bit gray. The persecuted church can show us that there is still hope and joy to be found in Jesus, even in difficult times. So let's jump into another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast, the first one for 2022. So happy new year to everyone. It's Mike Gore in the studio with my co-host, Josh Scotto. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you, Mike? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Doing good. Had a nice break. I did have a good break. I spent some time on the coast, but Joss, I'm not sure that I'm feeling super energized. You know what? I feel the same. And I wonder whether you guys are feeling the same way. I think we do put a little bit of pressure on January. It's almost like the chance that we get to press the restart button and set our habits, set our goals. But I've actually just found that to be really tiring this year. I don't know whether it's um you know, COVID is bigger than it's ever been. Mm. The chances of you catching the virus are much higher and all of that. This time of year hasn't really felt like that refreshment that I was really actually desperately hoping for. If I, like, let's do something super strange, right? So yeah. on the count of three, yeah. I'm going to ask you, if you had to put a colour to how you're feeling coming into this year, on three, let's both say our colour and just see see what comes out, right? Okay, one, two, three. Grey. Hey. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I think it's just like this because it's not black. That sounds like pretty doom and gloom and yeah. depressing, but it's definitely not yellow and bright and bubbly and energizing. And it's not blue either in the sense that like I'm not um not necessarily sad about anything or even really grieving anything. I, f- I feel like grey is like a tired colour. It's a Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I think um if I had to put language to it now for all the listeners out there Come with me on this journey. For me, grey, it's like the vibrancy and the colour is kind of disappeared from life. Those really vibrant or neon colours, the highs, you know, that, that excitement, that hope, that optimism, it's all kind of just blah. Mm. It's all kind of grey. And I think what many people had hoped would be a time of refreshment actually wasn't that. And so now we're left living in the grey, mm. right? But the more I sort of equate it to the persecuted church and the Western world, and the more I spend time sort of um, pondering on or thinking about why grey is my colour, what I've realised, Joss, is that I reckon that well, there's a real risk to living in the vibrant colours. Like, mm. you know, as a metaphor, you know, Western society for so long, we've lived in these bright, poppy, you know, adrenaline field, yeah, the pursuit of more, fast paced, yeah, kind of the last decade, two decades, you know, the, the speed of technological change, the increase in the role of women in society and culture, the change in salaries and income. And, and for us living in Sydney and Australia, property prices and booming and jobs, you know, all of this kind of opulence in many ways. Yeah. If you had to parallel that as colour, it's vibrant, it's, it's beautiful, it's yeah, neon, totally. right? Yeah. But the more I look around the world, the timeless colours, they're the muted kind of colours, the, the, the soft palettes, the, the Sistine Chapel, the Last Supper, um, the Mona Lisa, 
that they're, they're timeless, mm. muted tones of color. And then when I echo that to the persecuted church, Joss, that they live in a muted color palette. Yeah, that's so true. But it's it's, it's still colorful. Yeah. It's just not the neons and the vibrancy of life. And so for us, what happens is, I think in Western cultures, is that the moment we find gray, we start thinking, well, that it's colorless. Mm. But it's like one of those one of those photos on yeah. where they're black and white photos, but there's this kind of like individual pop of color and your sort of eye catches it for a minute and you think, I think that's blue. I think there's a color in that. And then when you sort of, you see it, you can't unsee it, mm. right? I think that's the, the, the crossroads we're at with the Western world is that COVID in so many ways, many of us feel as though it stripped the vibrancy, the color from life mm. and it's left us feeling gray. I, I encourage people just to pause, to breathe and to take a moment to find the colors because they may be muted, but it's nonetheless colourful. It's almost like we're in a, a period of a restoration of timelessness, Yeah. right? Trying to say, well, what does life look like in the absence of the adrenaline and the vibrancy and the neon? I mean, just for one moment, Joss, think about how this applies to the church, yeah. right? Church culture being driven around attractional gospels, excitement, um, product offering, services, all of these things which in and of themselves are not bad. But when we get so caught up in chasing the colours in life, we forget about Christ. Mm. And I think that's one of the great challenges for the Christian in general. Living in vibrant and neon, not only is it untenable, it's unrealistic, yeah. and it's more often than not destructive on the Christian walk because you can get so caught up in the pursuit of colour, vibrancy, neon, and that pursuit of more mm. that you fail to continue to pursue Christ. Does that does that kind of make any sense at all? Yeah, I really love that. I've never thought of that kind of picture before and that, you know, the parallel with the persecuted church. In many ways their lives are so different than ours, but they've always in in so many stories that I've read and and heard and people that I've met, there is always a way to find a color. It's not a neon color. It's not bright and bold. It's a beautiful muted tone that, you know, comes from the perspective mm. on life that actually God is still at work. There is still a reason to be hopeful. There is still a reason for joy. And that doesn't look like bright technicolor moment. Mm. It looks like a beautiful muted tone. Yeah, I actually love that picture that you just painted. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's like that that enduring timelessness. Yeah, it is. It's timeless. I and, like that. And I love that. That's that's my hope as an encouragement to us as we start this year and journeying together with the Open Doors Live podcast this year. Let's commit, all of us, listeners, ourselves, Joss, yeah. to saying that, hey, let's have a restoration to the enduring color palette of the church yeah. right the one that says you know what we're going to be courageous we're going to be community focused mm. we're going to have resolve we're going to realize it's not about living in the presence of more mm. it's about living in the proximity of christ yeah and that. so if we fight hard to find the color then you know what maybe covid and all of the wrestles and all of the challenges are throwing our way will not longer hold as much fear as we've given them in our life come on i love that Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. No worries. Well, I think that's actually a really interesting unplanned segue <laughs> to what we want to talk about today because yeah. we are talking about what Open Doors calls the World Watch List. Now, every year we release an index ranking of the 50 most difficult countries to follow Jesus. It comes, Josh, with a colourful map. Right, yeah. colour. There we go. There's a time. There are some muted tones that's on right. there. <laughs> it is a map that shows the cost of faith around the world for Christians. And so this episode, we want to talk about what does 2022 look like 
for Christians around the world. So if you're new to the ministry, the World Watch List is one of the most important things that we do internationally because it's a list that reveals the 50 most dangerous countries in the world to follow Jesus. So from October through to the following September, our field teams spend a bunch of time collecting stories and data from the field to find out what persecution is like there, whether it's increasing, decreasing, where it's most violent, what that persecution looks like, what is the you know, the pressure that Christians experience, how government's restricting religions, how a family's responding if someone becomes a Christian. And the reason, Josh, that this list is so important is because every Christian should know the cost of following Jesus. So we can pray for the persecuted mm. church through our charity at Open Doors. You can financially support the persecuted church. So throughout the year, our team at Open Doors, well, we pray through this list, Josh. We work through as a team the 50 most difficult countries. We want to cover them in prayer cover them in support. We want to tell their story through appeals, social media, emails at conferences and events. And it's a really incredible way to see how God has moved. Now, when you work for a charity, you kind of exist to end the course for which you serve. Right? So if I'm working in poverty, my goal is to end or eradicate poverty. If I'm working in um, the trying to stop sex trafficking, if I'm working for a charity that serves those women, you say my job is to stop it. That's where it's a little bit unique and different for Open Doors because we would say that persecution in so many ways is a consequence of successful Christianity. That wherever, Joss, the gospel is being shared, persecution is going to exist. When I came into the organisation 10 years ago, I looked at it as a list where the gospel was under immense attack and pressure. But actually, over those 10 years, I've learned... Not only is it a place where the gospel is, yes, under immense pressure, but it is also a map and a list that shows where the gospel is being preached openly, honestly, and moving forward. Because any time it's done, it's met with a response. And so I want it to encourage all of us. Yes, it's a list where it's most difficult to follow Jesus, but it's also a list where the gospel is in some ways most alive. So today we wanted to share with you three stories from some of the most dangerous countries to be a Christian. And at the end, we would love for you to be praying for these nations with us. After this episode, you can also go to our new website, which is the same URL, opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz and download your free daily prayer guide for persecuted Christians so that you can continue to pray throughout the year. And I'd really encourage you to do that because some of the stories that are in the prayer guide will radically impact your life. So let's start with the stories, Joss. The number one on the world watch list this year, Mike, it is? Afghanistan. This is the first time ever, Joss, Afghanistan has been number one on the world watch list. Most of our listeners will know North Korea has been number one for yeah, 20 is, years now. This is actually pretty massive oh, it's news huge. in the you know persecuted church open doors world that North Korea has been knocked off the number one place. And what's even crazier is North Korea's score, it's index ranking. So what happens is you rank countries out of 100 yeah. as far as the score goes for persecution. North Korea's score increased last year. Yeah, higher right? than ever. Higher than ever before, but still surpassed by Afghanistan. So the state of play for Christians in Afghanistan, it is it is incredibly difficult. And more than that, it's not that North Korea has got any easier, it's got worse. Yeah. But the reason why Afghanistan has gotten so bad for Christians is that last September, the Taliban took over and Christians were forced into hiding. They could either remain in the country of secret believers or they could flee. And most of them who left ended up in neighbouring countries still incredibly hostile towards Christians. As you might have heard, 
in Afghanistan, women are particularly vulnerable. They're not allowed to travel without a male relative as their chaperone. Some girls' schools haven't been allowed to reopen and higher education has been banned. Many women have lost their jobs or are too afraid to return to work. We're talking about an entire country that was becoming more progressive for women, basically being thrust back into the Dark Ages. The rights of women have gone backwards. And for girls like Zabi, Afghanistan is no longer safe. Zabi is well-educated and a human rights activist. And if that didn't make her enough of a target, Zabi is also a Christian. Right now, the Taliban have a list of known Christians in the country and they are systematically hunting down believers one by one. Zabi isn't unfamiliar with the brutality of the Taliban. Her father was arrested and tortured for several months before they eventually killed him. And her brother went mysteriously missing. He was also a Christian. So when the Taliban took over in September, Zabi and her mother had no choice but to flee. They ended up in a nation that doesn't provide them with any support. Zabi had no food, no money, and if she returns home, she will more than likely be hunted down and killed. Open Doors got in contact with Zabi through some of our partners who were able to feed, clothe and help her and her mother rent an apartment. But we're not sure what the future holds for Zabi. She said, our situation is desperate. What will happen to me? I don't know. I'm praying I can leave this country and go somewhere safe. I may have to go into hiding. Thank God for your prayers and encouragement. You are a strand of hope to me. What strikes me about that story is she's just one of thousands of women in Afghanistan that have been, you know, whose lives have been turned upside down by the Taliban. She's also just one of the thousands of Christians there as well. And, you know, I think one of the um, wrestles with this list that we put out is it's a beautiful list of the countries and there's 360 million Christians who are persecuted for their faith in Jesus every year. But when you hear a story of one of those people, you realise that actually every single one of that 360 million people Mm. has their own story, has Mm. their own testimony. Yes, of the ways that the Lord is moving in their life but also of the ways that they have been persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. It's it's quite humbling and, and haunting to think you know how different the life of Christians are outside of the western church outside of our circumstances and you know we really have no idea what it is like to follow Jesus with that kind of cost. The next story is from Nigeria which is ranked at number seven on the world watch list for 2022. During the reporting period when this list was being put together 4,761 Christians were killed in their faith around the world and almost 80% of those deaths were in Nigeria. It is hands down the most violent place to follow Jesus. It's a reality that Rose has experienced firsthand. In many regions, Nigerian Christians are vulnerable to violent attacks by extremist groups. Last year, Fulani militants killed Rose's husband. He was a pastor and Rose was left behind with two children and a third on the way. Not long after the birth, her baby also passed away. When Open Doors visited Rose, they provided her with food and money to start a small business during the pandemic. And she said to us, When I lost my husband, my in-laws never cared about me. They didn't come to check on me or the children. So when patients died, I thought they would rally around me, but nobody came. I felt so pained in my heart, but I decided to let go of my bitterness and let God heal me. When people see my children in the community, they are forced to believe that God is real because we do not look like what we have been through. No matter what storms life may bring, I will smile because God is in the boat with me and he is the one who is in control of the storm. The thing that always surprises me, Joss, about these stories and people like Rose is that in the middle of that storm, they realise that Jesus is with them. They find this sense of this hope 
this safety, this protection. I mean, in all of these scenarios where you just think, I mean, none of this, none of this makes sense. But they still point us back to Christ. They're not the hero, right? Open Doors isn't the hero. The persecuted church isn't the hero. Jesus must always be the hero. But the thing about the persecuted church is they serve as the most beautiful spiritual mentors because they are people who by name persecuted Christians, right? They have overcome the bonds of cultural oppression, whether it's from your family, whether it's from your friends, whether it's from society, to remain courageously close to Christ. There is not a single person listening to this who could not find a sense of inspiration from Rose's story to point you back in a loving, trust-filled, empathetic um, and gracious response to Christ after all that she's been through. I mean, they just are such a wonderful spiritual mentor. Hey, look, as we get ready to finish today's episode, I want to leave you with a story that I think captures the courage of the persecuted church because as difficult as it is to hear these stories and unpack the world watch list, it is also, as we said a moment ago, it serves as an inspiration to our faith, almost like you know a free coach or a free mentor. Mm -hmm. That's the role that these guys and the persecuted church can play in our walk with Christ. So Somalia, Josh, number three on the world watch list for 2022. In this country, Christians face threats and violence at all levels, from extremist groups to those within their own families. New Christians who have converted from Islam are seen to have betrayed their community and are often targeted. Fatuma converted to Christianity. She and her husband began discipling other believers. But when Bibles were found in their home, their family was arrested. The first time in court, they were made to sign their own death certificates. They were told, you have to deny Jesus right now. But Fatuma and her husband said, no, we will not deny the Lord. We would rather sign for our death. Fatuma was separated from her husband and placed in a cell with her children, including their one-month-old baby. The authorities tried to intimidate and coerce them to denounce their faith in Jesus, but they remained strong. After 47 days, Fatuma and her children were released. Fatuma said, It's the prayers of our brothers and sisters that saved me from death. With the help of God, I am here. It's an incredibly powerful story, Joss. The way the persecuted church, well, they believe Jesus is worth everything. You and I, well, we've had an opportunity to go to the field together. We've seen this kind of courage from our brothers and sisters firsthand. I guess let me ask you a question. When you see courage like this outworked, Mm. does it leave you feeling more guilty about your kind of faith in Christ? or more um, energised to sort of come back here and outwork, I don't know, a greater trust-filled um, relationship with Jesus? Oh, I think the second one. I think you can ebb and flow between the two, but really I think it's the church working as the church if we can spur each other on and encourage one another because I think that God has placed each of us in you know this moment in history, in our circumstance, for a reason and for a purpose. And so whether you were born in India, whether you were born mm. in Australia – there is a purpose and a plan for your life and it is the journey that will, God will use and it will make you great Amen. wherever you are. We've had the privilege of hearing so many stories from the persecuted church and you know, my hope is that as, as they hit us and they hit us differently at different times, that God actually uses the church as he always designed to encourage one another and to spur each other on with love and good deeds and towards the gospel and the great commission. And that's my, you know, that's Come my on. soapbox yeah. moment. Um, 
But, you know, one of the things that we love at Open Doors that we get to do together often is to pray for the persecuted church. And it's one of our core values and something that we do together very often, at least on a weekly basis, usually daily. Our ministry has got such a great history, a rich history of prayer. Back in the 80s, Open Doors ran a prayer campaign for the fall of the Berlin Wall and that people would have freedom of religion. And that prayer campaign went for seven years before that wall came down and the gospel flooded into the former Soviet Union. There's a beautiful story of an open doors field worker jumping into his car and driving to Berlin to be a part of it. He later told a taxi driver that he had been praying for years for this very moment. This driver stopped the car, turned around with tears in his eyes and said, on behalf of the Germans of Berlin, I want to thank you for your prayers. God answered them. Isn't that beautiful? In it's fact, amazing. I think the one thing I'd say in that is that I actually didn't think it was just a seven-year prayer campaign. It was something that was was like decided seven years before and said it will run for seven years. Wow. It will go from this year wow. to this year. And it was at the very end of the prayer campaign that the Berlin Wall came down. I mean, it was you know unbelievably perfect timing. And and I remember speaking with Brother Andrew, um, the one of the founders of Open Doors, about the whole concept, and he said. The challenge was, or the, the reality was, that so many people in the Western nations, you would give up year one, year two, yeah. year three. Yeah. He said, yeah. we prayed for seven years. In fact, we, we said it's going to be a seven-year campaign. Wow. He says it wasn't until sort of in the last month of the last year of that campaign that the war came down. That's my lesson is that you, you just don't give up because it may take you years and years and years. And to be honest, if you're a listener out there and you have unsaved children or family members, if you have um, a difficult um, situations you find yourself in my encouragement is that prayer works mm. it just may not work in the timing that we hope yeah. and so this this is a great example joss of not giving up in prayer absolutely love it it's amazing so why don't we actually pray together now we'll pray over these believers uh, all over the world who share our faith but not our freedom and i ask you as well to consider you know jump online you can get the free resource where you can um pray every day of this year for persecuted believers from different nations so if you head to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz the world watch list is available there for you to see the whole list all the top 50 countries and you know all these different details about how you can best pray for believers in those nations so why don't I pray for us now Father, we thank you. We come before you. We know that you are the God of everything, that you are sovereign over every nation, over every person. And Lord, today we lift the persecuted church up to you. We we pray for the 360 million people who are persecuted for their faith in you, God. Um, We ask that you protect them, that you give them strength, that you give them perseverance, that you uh, enable them and embolden them to keep sharing the gospel no matter the cost. Father, we pray for the persecutors. We ask that you would soften their hearts, Lord, that you would give them dreams and visions of you, that they would see the man in white um, and that they would begin to wonder, who is this Jesus that people are talking of, Lord? Give believers in those situations the courage to uh, speak up for their faith and to share the good news of the gospel. Father, we thank you for the ways that you love and protect each of us, the ways that you are at work in each of our lives, no matter where we are in the world. And we ask for your blessing over the year to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks so much for joining us. We love having you. We look forward to 2022. And my hope is today was a great encouragement for your faith. Remember, the colours may be muted, but the world is no less colourful. God bless you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore and Jocelyn Goddard. To find out more about how you can support the persecuted church, head to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. I'm your producer, Beth, and we'll catch you next month for another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast.